What's going on, everyone? Thank you for listening to the Self-Disruption Podcast, where we give you the tools and insights to improve your lifelong learning, leadership, and innovation with the top minds in their field today. Brought to you by SEAC, a global leader in lifelong learning and innovation. You can check them out at seasiacenter.com. I've got all of their details down in the show notes. I'm your host, Dana Bluen, and this episode is an excerpt from my conversation with Michael Ventura, the founder and CEO of the boutique consultancy Subrosa and the author of the book Applied Empathy, The New Language of Leadership. In this clip, Michael defines what empathy is and isn't, how it fits into business and entrepreneurship, and the basics of UI UX for just about everything, and most importantly, why it needs to be practiced. So sit back, relax, and let's get right into it. I never understood what empathy was until I learned about it. I always thought empathy was being placid, you know, being sort of a pushover, not something that I viewed as important to business. I was completely wrong. Mm. And you describe it in the book. And if you could kind of give that breakdown, I, I would yeah, appreciate sure. it. Sure. Uh, it's a rap that I love giving because it, it, it does, it debunks what I want to debunk by yeah. having written this book. Empathy is not about being nice. It's not about sympathy. It's not about compassion. If those are side effects of empathy, uh, great, mm. right? Maybe maybe the, the world would not uh, hurt from more sympathy, compassion, or niceness. Probably not. But but it is, uh, it is not what empathy is. Empathy unto itself is the bias-free perspective taking of another in order to gain richer deeper understanding right and is it easy to do bias free no we all have our own biases conscious and unconscious that we have to become aware of over time and empathy for yourself can help you do that it can help you understand i'm you know i'm too much of an optimist and i don't ever see the dark side of something and so i often get you know tripped up by that or i am uh, too much of a pessimist and don't motivate myself enough because i feel like nothing's solvable or like you know i'm making these up but they can go in a million different directions yeah the the important thing for me is that you become aware of them enough that you can try to be as objective as possible in gathering this understanding because with that deep understanding of another person or persons or groups or competitors or whatever it is you're able to pull that into the process and design differently and to your point about being an engineer you know user experience design is essentially designing with empathy right mm -hmm. it is you you must think about the user to such a degree that you're designing the the most elegant journey for them to get from a to b and that's part of why it ended up in the engineering school because the engineering school you know 25 years ago students who were going to that school were coming out ready to go uh you know work as a mechanical engineer yep. or a product developer now all of those students are coming out wanting to develop the next great app Right. And sell it to Facebook and cash out at 26. <laughs> and so <laughs> we all wish. Yeah, exactly. And so um, what they realized is that's why entrepreneurship sits in there, too, because and they were churning out so many CI uh, and uh, CS majors, rather computer science majors who um, didn't have enough of an aptitude to bring that into the business world. So by merging those two programs, they were actually able to create something that was building better entrepreneurs and better apps and products. And when I, when I think about UX and UI today, though, one of the big things that, that I notice is that it does get applied in not just app and software, but product design, yeah. cars. I mean, it, it, it's perforated everything. Yeah, because the, you know, the, the, the digital um, 
what's a good way of putting this, kind of the digital underpinnings of every product mm. have uh, become ubiquitous, right? Like yeah. your, your, your car's interface is, is an interface. It used to be dials and switches, right? But or now even then it was, it was an interface, it was just analog, Yes, it was right? an analog interface, yeah. yeah. Um, and so all of those things really have, the more empathy that gets put into them, mm. the better the user experience is. One of the things I love about the book, and it, it's different than anything else I've seen on empathy from a business or a decision-making perspective, even a design thinking perspective, your book is application ready. Mm -hmm. So you read the book and you come away with tools. W was that the goal going into it or did, did that kind of come to fruition as you were going through that design process at Princeton? So it's, it's funny and you have to give credit where credit is due. When I started writing the book, my publisher at Simon & Schuster and I sat down and we went through the outline mm. and he said, this is great, I totally get it. I love the theory meets the case studies and it all comes together. There's one thing you need to add. He said, at the end of every chapter, you need to add exercises. <laughs> and, and I was initially kind of resistant, not because it wasn't uh, something that we had already thought about, but because it just seemed uh, perhaps a little too on the nose. Mm -hmm. And we were like, well, why are we going to prescribe exercises at the end of every chapter? There's very few business books that sort of make it that rigorous. Mm. But he had a really good point. He said, empathy needs that sort of rigor. Otherwise, people are going to read this and forget about it. And so you need to give people something to do. And he was absolutely right. And I give him a lot of credit for pushing me on that. Because what we discovered is the repetition and the practicing of it is where the rubber meets the road, right? I don't think we could have called it applied empathy if it didn't have the exercises. Yeah. It's a way to really embody it. You've been listening to the Self-Disruption Podcast, brought to you by SEAC. To find amazing resources on lifelong learning, leadership, and innovation, you can check them out at seasiacenter.com, as well as their links in the show notes. And for more great conversations like this one, you can find our archive at selfdisruptionpodcast.com.